Hey, y'all, before we get started, have you subscribed to our YouTube channel? Now, why should you do that? Let me tell you. It's uncut. We didn't edit it. And you get to see a lot of behind the scenes, bloopers, awkwardness. It's actually kind of funny. It's all over on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Heather Parody. And make sure you hit that subscribe button. I think one of the most interesting things around running a creative business and creating the kind of life that you want is at the root of it, you just want to create awesome stuff, right? Whatever your quote, quote, art may be your way of doing that, that's the work that you love. But if you're wanting to do it with your life, whether you want to be rich doing it or just live a more minimal lifestyle and quote, quote, just make what you need to make. Either way, we can't get around the business aspect of stuff and marketing and all that. And I know y'all are like, ooh, 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 ooh. But listen, Janet, listen, intention is powerful. And today we're going to be exploring creative and meaningful ways to, yes, email market. I've always felt and I was born with several palsy. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up. Use their voice and make an impact in this world. Do the brave thing. That comes from today's guest, Kate Dossner. And if this is your first time listening, what's going on? My name is Heather Parody. I am your host. And you know what is brave? Emailing people. <laughs> it's a brave thing. You know what's even braver? Opening your emails some days. Can I get an amen from the people in the back? Today's a very tactical conversation, but one that we infused with a lot of humor and meaningful conversation because Email marketing, I know, again, back to the point at the very beginning, it can feel icky. It can feel like eating your carrots, right? For a creative person, carrots are actually really good. And I looked out because my kids like carrots. Bad analogy. You get what I'm trying to say. But whether you're wanting to grow your business or promote your work, you've probably been told that you need an email list. But that doesn't sound very fun, though, does it? Well, maybe it can be. Today, we're going to talk with Kate Dossner, who is the host of Inbox Besties podcast and teaches Ethical entrepreneurs had to carve out their slice of the interwebs using, yes, email marketing. Today, we talk about how to come up with creative content ideas and serve consistently, how we can use an email list even if we don't have a way to monetize our audience or we don't have an offering, which is an interesting bit, and how we can make this whole process feel less icky and be something that we're actually excited to produce. Yes, I said that. You got to trust me. You got to believe me. All of Kate's links are in the show notes. But before we jump into this, if you have not done so yet, I invite you to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to podcasts. If you consider yourself to be an outside of the box, unconventional, creative leader, that's what we do. That's who we talk to. But let's go ahead and jump into this creative and meaningful email marketing with Kate Dossner. One of the things that you talk a lot about and I appreciate is you you spearhead, you address the main concern, common concern of most people, which is, I don't want to be sleazy. I don't want to be that marketing person who's spamming people. That's almost the the first thing that comes to our mind because we've seen email abuse so much. So that saying, okay, I do need to have an email list. I do need to serve them, but also to feeling kind of icky about it. How do we address that? 
I think that it all starts with, and I know that you guys will appreciate this. So it all starts with only allowing the people on your email list who are going to be excited about the stuff you talk about. So like what's really common in the online space is like, they're like, oh, well, like I like to talk about X, Y, and Z and like all this stuff. It's like, no, no, no. Like what is that one thing that just lights you up? That thing that like, and for most of our artists, it's the things that we're doing. It's the music that we're making. It's the painting that we're doing. Just think about yourself. Like you probably follow your own favorite bands. You'd probably want to know about what they're doing in your local area or how they're creating a song. Like those are the things that people really, truly want. So you're not going to annoy people if you're only letting the right people on your email list in the first place because they've signed up and they're like, yeah, I want to know what is going on with her. What is she making? What is she up to? What's happening? It's when people are doing these things like, oh, like, let's just give away like an iPad or like, you know, we'll give away like a free music lesson or things like that. If someone's only signing up for that free thing, they're never going to be interested in you because they just want the iPad yes. or they just want the lesson. So the second that they don't get either of those things, they're out. But when you're like, get exclusive merch, depending on if you're a more of a personal brand that way. Or if you're like, you know, get to see behind the scenes, or if you guys are selling, you know, some type of physical good, people really love to just have either free shipping or discount codes. I keep it simple. Yeah. So it's like, okay, they've already shown me that they're interested in a buyer or they're interested in me as a brand or seeing what I have to do. Or especially for service providers, you need to think to yourself, what does somebody need to feel comfortable with in order to like hire me? Or what is going on? What stage of business do they need? So you might be say you're a virtual assistant and you help out with a variety of things. It might be how to start outsourcing when you're a perfectionist or how to know if your virtual assistant's actually doing your work or something like that. So that way they're like, how did she know? We call it the Sir Mix-a-Lot principle. We call it that yeah, but for our service providers. How did she know that I did want to hire somebody? But like, I was really nervous about this. Like, how could I get the best results for this web designer? What do I need to have with them? What is the timeline? All of those sorts of things. And so you're not going to annoy those people because they already raised their hands and like, I'm interested in that. Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is a, a really great point. So making sure that we are intentional with who gets on our list, because the moment we yeah. get an email list, we're like, oh, Aunt Janet, sign up. Everybody sign up, right? Because we want to <laughs> see that number, that validation that there's a lot mm -hmm. of people on our email list instead of the right people on our email list. So let me ask you about that. How do we gauge success with an email list? I think that it is going to be different for everyone. And so I always just say, try to try to beat yourself. Like if you're noticing that say your open rates aren't there very high or say you've got, I'm not saying like 10% is like really low, right? right? But it's like, all right, if I got like 10% last time and I've noticed that that's around what I've been getting for the last time, what can I switch up? to see how I can get it. The other thing that's going to throw things askew a little bit is the size. So like if you have a hundred people on your email list and 40 open, that's like a 40% open rate, which is astronomical when people are looking at percentages. But again, you've got a small list, so the numbers can lie. The things that you want to look for, and it can take some effort if you're not used to marketing like this, is things like replies. People yes. are like, oh, I'm so happy. Uh, that you emailed me today. You're like, oh, I'm so glad that I found you. Or, oh, that was really awesome. Um, it's even something as simple. And that first email that people get when you after they sign up for your list, you can literally just at like the last line and even in the PS be like, 
reply back with a hell yeah, if you're excited. And if people are actually like replying back, then it's like, that's the thing that we're looking for. That sort of engagement thing. And you know, you want to make sure you actually talk to your people. <laughs> There's ways to sneak back in their inbox if it's been a while, but don't be afraid to talk to them. They already, they love you enough to give you their email address. Cause like, mm. again, I'm all about treating people like people, human behavior. Come on. Think about how many people you follow on Instagram. Like for most people, you're looking at 500, a thousand, probably even more, right? Are you signed up to 500 email lists? Are you signed up to a thousand email lists? No, the only people that are getting your email are the ones that you're really interested in. So when you're like, oh yeah, Sally is really interested in how I'm writing this song, I'm gonna go out there and your energy is gonna be amped up. You're gonna be so excited. You're gonna be like, I'm gonna be the bright spot in her day. Oh, I don't wanna know her. I'm like, no, she likes music just like I do. Let's talk about this ukulele solo I just did. And they'll be pumped because you're pumped. You mentioned, you know, getting the right people on your email list. And I was wondering, we have a lot of people who listen to this show who are podcast hosts and they don't, they maybe have a full-time job, but they have like a side thing. And one day they want to do something, but they're not there yet. They don't necessarily have an offering. And so if you're, you know, I teach people how to grow Instagram. I I feel like it's a little easier to come up with an opt-in and nurture that sequence. But let's say we're a show host and we do inspirational podcasts or you know, we have some kind of platform that we're not monetizing right now, but we know we eventually will need an email list that we want to start nurturing. How do we get people onto an email list when there's not like an education necessarily piece there or offer? And we're just wanting to kind of advertise our our show or our music or whatever. I would, especially for podcast people, I think that this is, it's really easy. What you're going to give away is an exclusive bonus episode that the general mm. public's not going to be able to get. So it's an audio file. You can technically have it like hidden on SoundCloud if you want to give it away that one. I think you might have to pay to hide stuff on SoundCloud so people can't see it normally. But honestly, you can shove it in your Google Drive and bango, bango, it's free. So you want to think to yourself like, okay, so maybe your podcast, you've got to think about the audience itself, right? So maybe you are doing inspirational stuff. So maybe you have interviewed someone who's like massive in the space, like um, I don't want to name somebody in case anyone recently got canceled, but like, like we'll just say Gabby Bernstein. Like, so maybe you had already interviewed her on your podcast, but you've got an exclusive 15 minute clip where she's going to answer a really juicy question that people are only going to get over there. Maybe again, because you're the inspirational one, maybe you're going to give away a meditation or your five steps to overcome imposter syndrome. And the only way that people are going to get that one particular bonus episode is to join your insiders club which is free. And that's the name of your email list. You're calling it your insiders club. And the reason why you want to start gathering those email addresses, and this comes in for sponsorships too, for your podcast Mm -hmm. episodes, when you're thinking of monetizing, the more you know about your listeners, the better it's going to be. So if you're like, you know what? I really want people on my list who kind of have this goal or this interest, then you'll be able to, you know, ask them questions on your email list and kind of get known for like, oh yeah, she's got like the best interviews you know, with other entrepreneurs or, you know, I absolutely love, maybe she does something like cereal. I absolutely love her scripted podcast. Like it's so great. I need to, I need the secret preview of the next season, like all of that sort of a stuff. Mm. And that's how you can start going. So when you do want to sell stuff, when you do potentially want to look into sponsorships, eventually in your email list, you're gonna be like, Hey, how old are you? (laughs) Like just an age range. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be like super creepy because not everyone's going to fill out a survey, but it's just like casual things that you can sort of take. So that way you get some demographics. 100%. 
I love, I just, it's kind of a side note, but I want to highlight when I pose that question to you, which seems like a very difficult question. I know it's ones that we've struggled with my friends. You know, how do I get people on my email list if I don't have an offering? The first thing he said was, oh, that's easy. And I love that mindset. And I just wanted to highlight that because I want to start approaching questions I don't know the answer to of like, it's an easy answer. We can figure that out. Are that was good. Amen. Come on. Come on. <laughs> that is your new catchphrase. I'm not, a, I mean, I think the words have power and affirmation just never sat well with me, but like catchphrase, internal catchphrase that I can do. You're capable. Like stop overthinking these things. I think that a lot of people are thinking eight miles ahead. And so they're psyching themselves yes. out. Like, oh, but like, what if I get like that mean reply? Or like, what if all this, what about the 12, 20, 200,000 people that actually wanted to hear from you? Come on. And now you're being the jerk. Cause you let some, you know, keyboard jockey, a phantom keyboard jockey at that keep you from them. Like, don't be a jerk. Y'all show up. Yes. Yes. Now, speaking of showing up, I know it's come up in our mastermind a couple of times where it's like, cause we did a whole like email list thing a couple months ago. And, uh, somebody said, a couple people said, well, I have an email list, but then I kind of stopped emailing them for a long time. And now I feel like a jerk because I want to start emailing them again. But it's like, hey, do you remember me? How do we nurture uh, an email list that we haven't been super faithful or consistent with? First of all, you've got, you've got to handle the feeling. I feel like a jerk. It is bad. That sort of monster underneath the bed syndrome. And honestly, email marketing is literally 98% mental. Like that's why I started teaching mindset. And the second we incorporated it, people started getting explosive results. So you need to get over yourself. You need to get over the guilt. You need to get over the fear. Put on whatever song amps you up, your guilty pleasure, you know, that you're rocking out in the car to like journey. I don't care what song it is. Go ahead, put it on, vanilla ice, doesn't matter. And you're going to write that email. Now, depending on what your industry is or what you've gathered your audience around, Usually, depending on the circumstance, you can send something like your three favorite tools or your three favorite apps to sort of get things done. So even if you do have a podcast and it's more about inspirational content, it can be like the three books you need to read to you know get to your next level or the three mindset books that sort of changed my life because people love to buy stuff. Now, if you are more of an artist and potentially it's been a while, you might have to do a little bit more thinking because necessarily know if I care about like, you know, your three favorite apps to tune your guitar um, per se as a listener of that. So you kind of do need to to think of those things, but you always want to think, what would you want to hear in that particular situation? Like, is it a song? Is it a discount for a merch? Is it maybe no? Cause then you're like, oh, well, like, I don't want to ask for something off the top of your head. You know, is it that video that we're talking about? Like, you know, if you're sending a video that you just made to people and be like, Hey guys, like this is what we're doing this week and all that sort of stuff. Go ahead. I always start with the thing for them first. So like those tools, those resources, that video. And then afterwards, it's like wondering how I got your email address in the first place. And then you tell them because you join the insider squad of my podcast, because you had signed up for this free gift about, you know, what, uh, how to know what your VA is actually doing because you did this. So that way you're not getting that reply back of how did you get my email address in the first place? Right. And you're not coming in like, woe is me. I'm so sorry. I didn't email you. Like nobody cares. They forgot about you already. <laughs> like that's usually what happens in the online space. Um, again, sometimes if you have a bigger name or a huge platform, like, you know, really, really big podcasters, I don't think that people will care as much. They might be like, Oh no, Joe Rogan has an email that's like, so he doesn't like, it doesn't matter, right? But for the rest of us, where it does matter, always sort of start with something for them. Just start with them. 
how is it going to help them? How is it going to make their house prettier? How is it going to make them feel cool? That, that's what we're going for. Everyone just wants to feel cool. And then that, oh, yeah, in case if you're wondering who I am, here you go. Because then they're like, oh, yeah, I did sign up to hear more about her macrame stuff. That's right. <laughs> okay, I'm consistent now. I, 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 I dress the elephant in the room. I'm getting the right people on my email list. I'm starting to be consistent. One of the things that I love on your show is you have segments where it's like what to email your list in May, what to email your list in April, whatever. That's a hard thing. I, I was sitting there yesterday thinking I need to email my list today, but I didn't, nothing, I didn't know what to say. I'll admit it. I struggle. Like I've had an email list for years and sometimes I'm still like, I know I need to nurture this and keep this going. What do I email? Could you give us a couple of quick tips on you know, coming up with content every single week, especially maybe if we're not a writer. Sure. So first of all, talkers make the best email marketers, bar none. Think about it. Do you want to sit there and read a textbook or like an essay report of like Catcher in the Rye? Absolutely not. It's dry. It's boring. It's awful. No offense to all of my bookies out there. They're like, well, maybe. No, like you are not binge reading how that you're not binge reading like wikipedia entries or like ehow for example it's dry it's boring what are the things that you actually like reading you like reading those instagram captions that sound like they're a friend you like reading the email messages and the text messages from your friends like you like to have things that are conversational and guess what talkers are the best at conversation <laughs> and interacting with people so basically y'all again writers i know you're gonna be like yeah Everything you learn from your 10th grade English teacher is absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong when it comes to nurturing your list because you want people to feel like you are their friend, even if you are a leader. Because like, I know that's what your mastermind is about, about unconventional leadership, right? Like, even though you are charging the herd, they still want to be like, oh, like, I feel like I could just go and get a beer with her or a rosé if that is your thing or some champagne. Again, you kind of know your people and where you're at. So you want it to actually sound like you're writing a text message to your friend. Now, if you swear every other word and you've decided that that's not something you want in your brand, then obviously you need to clean up the language a little bit. But that's it. So just write like you're talking to a person. That's number one. If you've been doing this for a while, like you were saying, there is no harm and recycling an old email that you sent from last year, the year before. Oh, snappy. Even the people that were around oh, three, two years ago, they don't remember. <laughs> and honestly, even if they did, chances are they'd reply back with something nice like, oh, yeah, it's like, I remember reading this like a couple of years ago when you were talking about this. They're not going to go find the old message. Nobody has it. Uh, you know what? I never actually implemented it. So like, I'm so glad that you brought it up now. Like, that's really cool. So those sorts of things you can email your list. If you are a service provider, I think that it's really good. And again, if you email every other week, y'all, you can handle two emails a month. Like sit down at the beginning of the month, bang out two emails. You can, you can handle it, right? Talk about some type of client victories, but even like a little bit of like how. Say if you're a web designer, for example, I think that they're the most creative people, right? So say that you designed a website for somebody, right? And all of a sudden now like their conversion rates are higher or they're getting more consults booked or people are saying like, oh, I really love your website, right? So you could literally do two tweaks that we made that tripled conversions or something. Obviously, you're never going to lie about results. That's why it's important to follow up with your clients, see how they're doing. And then you're going to like have a picture of the website, maybe in a before and after picture. You're going to talk about two things that you had implemented. And then you're going to be like, and that's just two things out of a whole process that we take our clients specifically for so they do not just have a pretty website, 
but one that actually works. And so then they're like, what are the other steps in the process? And you're like, book a call. (laughs) So you're showing them, you're teaching them a little bit. You're showing off your skills. You're talking about those client success stories a little bit. And you're still asking them to like come over your way because it's not necessarily like, oh, like how to make your Canva graphics look better because you don't want people on your email list that are looking to make better graphics because you want to make them for people. Um, We also give like sentence props. They're a little bit more for people that are info-based like course creators and digital product makers. But it'll be something like the biggest mistakes you see in your industry. You know, if you are a maker, it can be, you know, your process for creating something. You think about it, when people are buying from small makers, they're aware that they're going to pay higher prices, right? Right. They want that background story. Right. They want to know that you're sourcing your clay that was, you know, gotten specifically from this one island in Hawaii and that it's sourced naturally. Again, you want to think, how does my product make this person feel? What type of people would buy it? And if you're really sourcing like the best of the best, and it's like, how does it make them feel like they're the best of the best or that they care about the environment? And that way, again, if you're doing the podcast on the regular, there's no shame in sending them an episode, letting them know when a new episode is out. But it's not just like, oh yeah, there's a brand new episode like of Inbox Besties. That's the coolest. Like, come listen, right? Like, no, what's in it? for them. Even if it is a fictional podcast, it's like, what did happen to Brenda? It's like, in this week, we're (laughs) going to go into her dark past. You're going to find out who that mysterious man was in the shadow. And why does everyone keep talking about a red shoe? Click here to listen now. And they're going to be like, oh my God, it's this red shoe. And they're going to be clamoring to click your link. So again, it's just like, oh, what would you see in a movie preview? Again, if you're around because it's more of a B2B, what did we do to make it so she finally believed in herself? How is she more productive? Almost think of yourself like that movie trailer voice. Because why not have fun? Why not not have fun? fun? And because talkers make great typers, like despite what you think, even do it in your movie guy voice. In a world where nobody is getting results, how did Sheila actually grow her podcast, right? And you're like talking to yourself in that voice and you're typing. You're just having the best time ever. When people read that email, they're going to feel it. Same thing when you're asking for a sale. If they can feel your joy and your excitement, for not only your topic, but really for seeing them succeed, particularly for our service providers. And even our podcasts that are like, I would say, nonfiction podcasts. When you're like, I'm so amped to see you really do this or really do that. Come on. Really do this, they'll feel it. I wanted to just highlight something you said that I thought was really important. And it was towards the beginning. But you said something along the lines of, what do you want to know? What do you want to learn from the people you follow and you're excited about? And that just kind of did full circle for me as talking about how do I come up with content? Because we always think like, what do I want to talk about? What's valuable for me, you know, or whatever, instead of like, what's interesting for them. And I just wanted to highlight that you said that because I think that's a really cool reframe. Uh, But another thing you said that I'm really confused about, because I don't know what to do. And it hurts my creative heart that I want to make emails fun and exciting. And I'm ADD. I'm very ADD. And so text, immediately I see text and I start having flashbacks of like school. So I want to put in pictures and videos and things that are interactive. But I've been told by so many people, you can't do that because that decreases your open rates or puts it in spam or something. Is that true? What's kind of the gauge there of like making it less text-based? Should we? Does it matter? It doesn't matter too much. Okay. Chances are you're not going to go like super overboard, right? Honestly, guys, for text, like if it is longer, it used to be I gave paragraphs two sentences. 
But honestly, now it's pretty much every sentence is its own paragraph. So you want to make sure just like when you would say if you're going to be writing a blog post, I know most of us are talkers listening, but when you're writing a blog post, like, you know, you want to have certain things that you really want people to read in bold. You want to make sure that it's readable because even if you as a writer are rereading this and your brain is getting tired, like Mm -hmm. people are just going to skip over it. For sure. We'll make it that. I love including GIFs in my email. So you can go to like, or GIFs, however you want to say it, y'all. I love going and like putting in like, because it fits my brand and my style, like David from Shit's Creek. Like I love throwing in David memes in there. So it's like, you got to make yourself like, again, what do you find fun? What memes would you send your friends? What gifts would you send your friends? Show one in there. You can make a gift of yourself. There's something like Giphy Maker. Um, honestly, if you just Google search like free gift maker, record yourself. You can record a boomerang on Instagram. It doesn't have to be hard, y'all. You download that to your phone, bring it over to the gift maker guy. And now you've got one of yourself going like, shock space, shock space. What are you like falling over? Right? So that way people are actually physically seeing you, especially if you're in an industry that's really overcrowded. Or again, if you're a podcast host of Intrigue, if you want to know what my face looks like, sign up for our Insiders Club, right? (laughs) Again, it's that Intrigue, right? So it's pictures of you. Throw it in there. If you want to have a still image, go ahead and do that. What I wouldn't do is have like eight different images going on and like links to like eight different places. Because that's another thing, what you were talking about, like open rate. Um, when it's talking about getting sent to spam or promotions, and honestly, promotions folder isn't that bad, y'all. We would love main inbox. But most people click over to the promotions tab. When sure. Bored, right. Is things like Target, <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts, their emails are extremely graphic heavy. And like Target in particular, it's going to have like 12, 11 pictures. And it's going to have just as many, if not more, links going to different places. So mm-hmm. when things like Gmail, Outlook, Hotmail, when they go ahead and they see those things, they're like, oh, this must be like an e-com email. Let me put it over here. So that can be something there. But again, if you know that you're not going to write this email unless there are two gifts in that email, then I would much rather you send it because it's going to get to somebody, right? <laughs> because you're having fun, because you're actually doing it. If you are going to put actual images as opposed to gifts in there, make sure that your images are compressed. You can go to like... Oh. um I'm trying to think of the one that I'm thinking of. It's like a small PNG. Again, if you just Google them, they'll see it. it has like a little elephant. Just drag your picture in there, especially if you're going to do like screenshots that are like blurred out to be like, ooh, and we revealed this on the blog today. Again, think of why movie previews work so well, y'all. Like we're all in the Come entertainment on. business. Why do they work? Blurred out. They'll never know, right? So go ahead. You pixelated it saying pick monkey or Canva. I think you can blur stuff now too. Download it to your computer. Make sure you compress the file image, shove it in there. When you shove in a picture for most email service providers, because you guys cannot use your own Gmail account. We'll talk about that. That's an issue too. Go ahead. You put the picture in. Most of them, they'll let you link the picture to where you want people to go. People Mm -hmm. will click on pictures way more than you think that they will. Interesting. Go ahead. Do that. Have some fun. Another aha you just said that I want to highlight. You just said, we are all in the entertainment space. Yeah, why do you go to your inbox? That is powerful. And I've never had that reframe, but you're right, Kate. I'm about to slap somebody. That is so good. <laughs> right? Our My whole philosophy of everything. One, obviously, it's be fun. Like, because why? Why bother being bored? We only get one time around this rock. Like, make sure you're having fun with it. Come on. And two is to treat people like people. And when you start thinking of yourself as a person, you're like, she got me. I only do go check my inbox when I know I'm supposed to be writing that sales page 
or I know I'm supposed to be writing that email, or I know that I'm supposed to be working on my nine to five, or I know I'm supposed to be doing show notes, but I don't want to do that part. <gasps> she got me. And if yeah. you don't consider yourself very entertaining or you're like boring or normal, go grab a stat from somewhere. Just be like, stats about blank. Those like, people don't listen to my show. About- I promise right? you. <laughs> stats about entrepreneurship. Oh, 12% of people who make six figures are 11 handed or left-handed. I'm going to shove that in there. Right. And then it's like my favorite phrase ever is like, which got me thinking about like, and then you can tie anything into anything. One of the first exercises that I have my students do is like, tell me three things that you did today or three things that are on your desk. And we're going to connect it with the main thing that you talk about. And I'll make them do it. And it grows that creative muscle. It's like, oh, there's like three wicks in this candle. Just like there's three different ways that you need to focus on growing your traffic. Now look, you can show them a picture of your desk with your candle. And they'll be like, wow. And then they're like, where's that candle from? Where is it? Oh, there is three different ways we can do this. Oh, that does have heat and light. And now you get to be fun, be creative. To kind of shift gears completely away from email lists, we have a segment called Unsung Hero. And we didn't really get to hear your story, like what brought you into this world, what brought you into space and all of that. We didn't really get to touch all of that. But just to kind of look into your personal, you know, life and world and journey, when we think about making a difference or an impact, a lot of times we go to the quantitative side of that, like how many followers do I have on Instagram? How famous am I? Whatever, whatever. But the more we study impact, the more that we know and learn that everyday people make some of the greatest impact in our lives, whether it was a teacher or Aunt Margaret or whoever it was who said or did something that was just life-changing for you. And I'm sure there are many, but if you were to look back over your life, if there's a person or an instance that said or did something for you who's not famous, not well-known, but greatly impacted you, who would your unsung hero be? Um, It would be my grandfather. So we called him Poppy. He was my just absolute, he was my person, 100%. He passed away in like 2015. And it was just like gut-wrenching. So it was just like the two of us for like ever. Like granted, like I lived with my parents and I had a great family life, but I would have been a latchkey kid because I was from the 80s, right? But my grandparents lived right down the street and he had retired. So like I was changing mufflers when I was like four or five. (laughs) And then it it just... It just never ended, right? And like all the other grandkids, everyone else knew that like, oh, well, you know, Katie and Poppy, like they're off on that thing. When my grandmother, his wife of, oh, it was 61 years, she had passed away right before their anniversary. Like everyone's like, where's Katie and Poppy? Like they thought that we were going to leave. And at the time I was pregnant, I'm like, we're not like this 80 year old man and I aren't going to like hit the hit and run. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so 100% his just ingenuity and his zest for life. And I think that's why we just purchased a house. And like, I like renovated the whole kitchen by myself because I just always feel like I'm channeling him. And then it's like, I'm going to start crying, right? Like I was able to really start this business because I started it after guys, I got fired (laughs) for being pregnant. I got fired for being pregnant. And so my husband, who was just my boyfriend at the time, we, you know, ended up on welfare because he was in social services. And it was so much more expensive for us to put our kid in daycare. It's like, I've worked this business with dyslexia, y'all. And I teach people how to write with dyslexia from being on food stamps to multiple six figures. So like literally anyone can do this. A stay-at-home mom on food stamps like made this. And honestly, the inheritance that I got from him passing is what bought the laptop because I needed... At the time, I, you, I could not figure out how to do this with Windows. But Mac will read your stuff back to you. I'm sure Windows will now too because of accessibility. 
So because I had that learning disability and because I couldn't hire a VA at the time, because like I could barely pay our bills, the computer could talk back to me. And so it read everything. And like when there is a will, there is a way. And that ingenuity and that part that I got from him is just it's in everything. I got one more question for Kate, but I wanted to jump in here real quick. And first of all, thank her for coming on the show. You can connect with her at katedossner.com. Again, her podcast is called Inbox Besties. I've really enjoyed it. All that is linked in the show notes. And before I get into this last question, I just want to highlight a couple of things that I learned from Kate. I think my biggest takeaway is, you know, think about what you would want to read. I recently heard uh, Rob Bell say this, and it was in the context of something completely different, but I think it's applicable. I love the word applicable. I I find ways to use the word applicable. I'm not going to lie to you. But anyway, he was talking about when we see a need, right, how it's an opportunity to fill it. And he said something along the lines of create what you want to be a part of. Create what you want to be a part of. So if all of this feels weird, if it feels icky, ask yourself, what would make it not that way from someone else that I was a fan of or part of a community of? What would I want to hear from someone that I love or am friends with or have a business relationship? What would I want? What would make it interesting for me and create that? We can redefine what all this means and all this looks like. That's what leadership is. I don't care if you're a stinking artist painting turtles on napkins. Okay. That'd be so cool. Hit me up if you do that. Leadership is creation. It's creating something from nothing and creating what you want to see. So email, that's what I took away from this conversation with Kate. Let's make our emails, if we choose to sneeze out, something we would enjoy. It could be that stinking simple, y'all. And let's go ahead and end this right here. I asked Kate if there was anything left that she wanted to say to a group of passionate, creative, unconventional leaders. Love you guys. 100% just do the brave thing. Do the brave thing. And for most of us, because we're unconventional, like we went, we started our business. We probably never had real J-O-B's like jobs, like, right? So like that's off the beaten path. But that like, I'm afraid to send an email to my list. I'm afraid to be spammy. Go and do the brave thing. If you are afraid to tell your podcast listeners about your email list, guess what you're doing? You're going to tell them about your email list. If you're afraid to reach out to that person who you wanted to interview for so long and because you thought they'd say no, go and do the brave thing. Exponential growth, both in your business and the outside world and just having a really rich life is doing the brave thing. And get that bravery from being that musician, from being that podcast, because normies don't do this, y'all. And smear it into the other things. You're like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm not like businessy enough. I'm not a great writer. No, you're now a great writer because you're doing the brave thing. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I would love to connect with you on TikTok. Are you a TikToker? Listen, I won't tell a soul. You can find me at Heather Parody. That is P-A-R-A-D-Y. That's also linked in the show notes. Again, that is Heather Parody on TikTok.